Greetings, greetings, greetings. This is the Apetabi Ialosha Oshun Yemi Akala Tunde. And this is Got to Be Oshun's Black Witchcraft Handbook. This is your gathering place for all things black and all things witch. By black, we do mean all of the black and brown peoples of the earth, the original people of the earth. By which we do mean all of those who journey under the sign of women, who see themselves as connected to the stars, the earth, and the cosmos, and who understand the methods that they can use to move these things to their advantage. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Ekabo. Alright, today we are going to discuss the trauma responses that are a result of having internalized the, an abusive sky daddy dogma or an abusive sky daddy philosophy. So let's get into this. Let's dive right on in. So I'm going to start by giving um, a definition of the term abusive sky daddy. Um, I actually heard this term first in a Facebook conversation that I was having with a friend. I did not coin it, and unfortunately, I do not remember the name of the sister that coined it, but it is not me. I was I adopted it once I heard her use it, and I told her that I was going to do so. But an abu the abusive sky daddy is basically the view that we have been given of God. So if you remember in my last podcast, I said that I do not use the term God. I try my best not to use that term because of the connotations attached to it. And what I mean when I say that is that when we say God, we are automatically, most of us, thinking about this deity, this abusive sky daddy. And so I wanted to go more in depth with that in this particular podcast and explain many of the trauma responses that we're having um, to having internalized that particular philosophy. All right, so the abusive sky daddy is the most commonly accepted idea of God, capital G, God. And what this means is this is a being who created the cosmos by himself somehow, um, generally without the use of any sort of sexuality somehow, Gen generally without the use of anything that could be considered female or feminine somehow. And after creating the cosmos, um, put the cosmos in motion and then distanced himself from it. Um, if you remember the movie Devil's Advocate, I actually adore the speech that Al Pacino made at the end as the devil, as Lucifer, son of the morning, where he stated that this concept, this abusive sky daddy concept leads us to believe that God sits on high and watches our doings like his own cosmic gag reel, right? He's just sitting there watching us do things and not laughing because the concept does not, um, in general, it does not give us the feeling or the thought that this being is kind, that this being um, can find humor in things, that this being has any sort of emotion that would be recognizable to us as humans. But this abusive sky daddy sits there and what is he doing? What have we internalized um, in our thoughts about what the abusive sky daddy is doing. Most of us believe that the abusive sky daddy is sitting in the sky. This is why I call him sky daddy, right? He's sitting in the sky and he's waiting for us to do something wrong. And the moment that we do something wrong, he is going to punish us for it, right? It is a punitive view of the divine. By punitive, I mean a view that is connected to being punished and a view in which being punished is the focus, right? It's a punitive view of the divine. So for most of us, we believe 
that there is an abusive sky daddy. He's sitting in the sky. He sees everything. He knows everything that we do. And he is waiting to punish us for the things that we have done wrong, whether we're aware of them or not, whether we can help them or not, whether they are instinctual to us, whether they are inherent to us as humans, the abusive sky daddy does not care. If it is something that he has deemed wrong or sinful or bad, then you will be punished for it. We have internalized this view. And for the majority of us, even when we leave Christianity, even when we leave Islam, even when we leave Judaism or any sort of branches off of those religions. So if you follow the Bible or the Torah or the Quran, then you are practicing a branch of Abrahamic traditions. So people often try to say, oh, well, I'm not, you know, a Christian. I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Muslim. But if you are five, you're Baha'i then that's a branch of, of Islam. If you are Rastafari, that is a branch of Christianity, that is a branch of Judaism, right? So if you are Hebrew Israelite, that is a branch of Judaism. So when I say these things, I'm not merely talking about <clears throat> things that obviously fall under the umbrella of Christianity, Judaism, or Islam. I'm talking about all of those branches as well. And even if your branch is Pan-African, even if it's a Pan-African branch, it still holds these roots. So that's why I wanted to mention that, just so that people could be clear. But let's get back to what I was saying. So this view says that if you do something that this abusive sky daddy has deemed wrong, then you are going to be punished for it. And it doesn't make any difference what your own view is of that wrongness. It doesn't make any difference, as I said, if it is instinctual, if it is inherent to your body, if it is a natural normal function of your body. If the abusive sky daddy has deemed it wrong, then if you do it, you are going to be punished. Um, this punitive view of the divine is trauma. This view in and of itself does violence. To view capital G God as a being who is sitting with a belt or a switch in his hand, a shoe, a chancla, whatever it was that you used to get your spankings from. You're viewing the divine as a being who's sitting there with something in their hand waiting to pop you, waiting to cause you harm, waiting to hurt you. So the view by itself is traumatic. So even before we put it into day-to-day -day situations, to view God this way is trauma. It, it does violence to you to view God in this way, right? And so this is not even speaking of what happens when we internalize it. This merely speaks of that view. So let me give you some examples of what that particular view of God has caused. So that particular view of God is the reason that up until very recently, the 50s and the, and the early 60s, it was acceptable for a man to beat his wife. It is this view of God that makes that acceptable. Why? Because the man was the little mini God of his home. And, any, and, and therefore, he was the abusive sky daddy of his home. And so anyone who who acted outside of his rules was subject to punishment. And yes, sometimes that punishment was physical. And, and I mean, the further back we go in, in human history, specifically in Western history, most of the time that punishment was physical. So this view is what put that particular way of life in place, right? Now, on, by the same token and along the same lines, this view is why most of us were beaten and spanked as children. Most of us had parents who used violence as a way of communicating with us, as a way of teaching us, as a way of grooming us and molding us, right? 
This view of God is the reason that most of our parents felt it was necessary to beat us, to hit us, to be violent towards us, right? And, and because it comes from the same place. The parents are the God of the house. And as the God, they sit in the place of that abusive sky daddy. And what does a God do? What does a leader do? What does a guide do? A guide sits and waits for you to do something wrong. And when you do something wrong, they punish you. And that punishment is usually physical, right? This is where those types of mindsets originated. And this is why this thought process is one of the reasons that is so difficult for us to root violence out of our society. Because to the back of our minds, we all believe that if somebody did something wrong, they deserve a violent punishment. They deserve physical pain. They deserve to be hurt. This is why whenever a black person is killed by the criminal justice system, that one of the first things that people will try to prove is that that black person was doing something wrong. Because our general mindset is, if this person was doing something wrong, then it is okay to punish them by violence. It is okay to hurt them. It is okay to cause them physical harm. If they were doing something wrong enough, then it is okay to kill them, right? This, all of these views come from this same center focus, this same center view, this same um, or origin view, I, I guess, seed view. This is the beginning of viewing life in that way. Right. This is this. These are the repercussions of believing in an abusive sky daddy paradigm. Hold on, y'all. I'm gonna sip my tea. Y'all can hear my voice is a little raspy. I done um yesterday indulged in a little bit too many processed foods, and so my body is producing a lot more mucus than she normally would so you're gonna hear a little rasp and you're gonna hear me sipping my tea because that's what's gonna help me flush that mucus on out of my system and do better today and and consume foods that i have prepared myself that's an aside but just letting y'all know what's going on all right so those things are examples of the the actions that are the result of having a communal view that is built on an abusive sky daddy paradigm. Now, what happens when we internalize this view? Because personally, the things that happen when we internalize this view are what cause the day-to-day -day struggles that most of us deal with. This is what causes the majority of our depression. This is what causes the majority of our self-loathing and our mm, self-sabotage. And even the violence that we enact upon ourselves. Most of that is caused by us having internalized and completely swallowed and completely embraced and completely um, we are completely basing our lives and our own personal philosophies and our own personal thought process on an abusive sky daddy model, right? So what happens when you internalize that is you believe things like anything that you do that feels good, there is going to be a physically violent repercussion to it. If you are out here doing things that feel good, then you should expect that violence is going to follow that. That's what we out here believing. That's how that's what we that's how we out here treating ourselves. Right? Let me give you some harsh examples that are going to hurt a little bit. These examples are going to sting a little bit because they hit they hit close to home, right? We believe that if we engage in activities 
that make us have orgasms, which is the highest level of physical bliss that our bodies can achieve. You know, it's it's the bliss that we can achieve to its height while we are in these physical bodies. We believe that if we are engaging in activities that will cause us to have orgasms, that most of the time there is a negative physical repercussion to that. We believe that, right? And when we see people who engage in lots of activities that make them have orgasms, then we condemn them because we have internalized the belief that doing a whole lot of stuff that makes you feel good earns you punishment. Societal punishment, community punishment, and cosmic punishment. That's what the abusive sky daddy mentality teaches us, right? Because the things that the abusive sky daddy punishes us for, um, most of these things aren't choices aren't things that people choose to do that are bad most of the things that we are punished for in the abusive sky daddy paradigm are things that are inherent instinctual and i mean by that things that bodies do these are things that bodies do that physical bodies do right and so we learned from the time that we were small And we were taught this by the punitive way that we were raised, that if it feels good, there there will be a negative repercussion to it. And so when we engage in activities that give us lots of orgasms, we are waiting for the negative repercussion. There has to be a negative repercussion to that. That cannot be allowed. That cannot be okay. Right? By the same token, whenever we prioritize our body over other areas of our lives, we wait for a physically violent repercussion, for a violent reaction to us prioritizing our bodies, right? Prioritizing your body means, may mean that you stay in the bed all day because you're tired. Um, You are mentally and emotionally exhausted, Your adrenals have been pushed to their limit, right? And you cannot function, so you just need to rest. And if you do that all day, then you wait for the violent reaction to that. You wait for the violent uh, uh, repercussion to your actions, right? You do not get to lay in the bed all day. And heaven forbid that you do it for more than one day. You hear what I said? Heaven forbid. We talking about the abuse of Sky Daddy when we say heaven forbid. That's, that's exactly who we mean. Right? Heaven forbid that you stay in the bed more than one day. Heaven forbid that your adrenals have been so stressed by work and by life and by the fact that we are living through a pandemic. And by the fact that we are, most of us now are working from home or trying to find ways to work from home and our children may still be being schooled at home, Um, relationships in which we were able to kind of move in and out of society and see each other briefly are now stressed because we're seeing each other much more than we normally would. We're living in, in in a difficult time. However, life is a difficult time, usually. Right? That's that's true too. That's the reality too. So with that being said, if there are days when you just need to lay down and rest, then there are days when you just need to lay down and rest. Right? But we have been taught that by prioritizing our bodies, by saying my body literally can't do this right now. She she cannot move, she cannot get up. She does not feel rested. By, so by prioritizing her and saying, so I'm going to just lay here and get the, I'm going to get my nap out. As our grandmothers used to say, get your nap out. You still sleepy. I'm going to get the rest of this rest that I need. By prioritizing her and doing that, we, are, we wait for a, you know, for a punishment, for a violent punishment for that action. 
We expect that something bad is going to happen if we rest, right? The sky is going to fall. Terrible things are going to happen if we take some rest. All right. For women, for those who who journey under the sign of woman, all of those who journey under the sign of woman, no exclusions. This is not the podcast for exclusions. If you require exclusions, please excuse yourself and go to a different podcast because this podcast is focused upon all who journey under the sign of woman. But for those of us who journey under the sign of woman, we have been taught that if we physically nourish ourselves, if we prioritize our body by eating as much as we need to and want to and eating as much as our bodies desire to, that then there are violent punishments attached to that. And any violence... So let me explain what I mean by violent punishments being attached to something because I, I, I don't think I explained it well. So let's go back to the rest and then we'll move back up to the food. So if you rest, if you take as much rest as you need and someone becomes angry with you for resting and someone cusses you out because you were resting or someone hits you because you were resting or someone takes resources from you, money, um, your, your place that you live, you know, your access to other friends and family members. If someone does those things because you are resting, then those things are seen as justified. And that's what I mean when I say we expect a violent punishment. And because they're seen as justified and because we expect them, then we don't advocate and we don't create spaces and places where we can take adequate rest. Right? We do not, we're not allowed to prioritize this body. The, the abusive sky daddy does not allow that. And his words and all of the Abrahamic texts let us know that your body is not to be your priority. As a matter of fact, your body is to be the last thing that you think about when you are living a quote unquote good life according to the tenets of the abusive sky dad. So when I say we expect a violent punishment, that's what I mean. So now let's go to eating. For all of those who journey under the sign of woman, then when we eat, and when we fully nourish ourselves, and when we eat to the degree that our body wants and desires, then because that feels good, we have been trained to expect a violent punishment for that. Now, for a woman who eats and who properly nourishes herself, the violent punishment can come in the form of ridicule. It can come in the form of social, re- social ridicule, social rejection. It can come in the form of um, social isolation, right? All of these things are what we expect if we properly nourish ourselves. We expect a violent punishment to follow that because we are believing that life is punitive, that life is sitting off waiting for you to do something wrong so that it can then punish you for doing something wrong. That's what we believe. That's, that's the belief that we have internalized. Okay, so n- now let me, let me dig a little deeper. Let me, let me go a little further with this, with this analogy and with this reality. And I want, to, I want to expound upon what I just said. So the thing about the abusive sky daddy paradigm is that we do not just, once we have swallowed the paradigm, once we have internalized it, once we have normalized it, we do not just apply it to religion. We do not just apply it to philosophy. We believe that this is the way the universe works. That's what we believe. We believe that the universe is a place where if you do something wrong, something horrible and violent is going to happen to you. And that is good. That is correct. And that that is balanced. That's what we believe. Right. And so 
when bad things happen to us, instead of advocating for ourselves, instead of standing up for ourselves, instead of demanding justice for ourselves, we far too often accept the bad things. My son is making milk, y'all, so y'all might hear that uh, blender in the background. I think he's done, but he may not be. <laughs> instead of advocating for ourselves, instead of protecting ourselves, instead of creating places and spaces where we can be treated in ways that are fair and just, we accept bad treatment. We accept negative things happening to us. We accept a bad life. Because we say, we accept horrible partners. We accept abusive partners. Because what we say to ourselves is, I have done so much bad that I deserve a bad life. I deserve an abusive partner. I deserve bad situations and negativity around me. That, that's what we're saying to ourselves. That's what we're doing to ourselves because of the fact that the communal way the the communal thought process includes this belief in an abusive sky daddy okay so now we're going to walk a thin line now we're going to walk a thin line we're going to talk about reality and and you know that it's reality because you can see it you can see evidence of it and it's going to happen no matter what that's how you know it's reality. Reality is not, does not care who is the president. Reality does not care what nation you live in. Reality does not care what color you are. Reality does not care about your gender or your sex. Reality doesn't care about that. Reality are those things that are going to actually happen no matter what. Not those things that a person is going to make happen, but those things that are just going to happen no matter what. So now we're going to look at reality. And what reality shows us is that there are consequences to actions. I'm going to take a sip of tea. Because... Divorcing yourself from the abusive sky daddy paradigm does not mean that you then suddenly believe that there are no consequences to your actions. That's not what I'm saying. There are consequences to actions. And consequences are unavoidable. Nobody can do anything about consequences. Once you put an action in motion, the consequence is coming. And in, in, in most cases, consequences are not created by other human beings. Consequences are part of the universal reality that we live in. So, let me give you an example. And I give this example in my book, Ona Agbani. Um, if you're interested in learning about the Anago or the Yoruba tradition, I wrote a book 10 years ago, well, probably been longer than that now, for beginners. And it's called Ona Agbani, O-N-A-A-G-B-A-N-I. And you can find it on Amazon. Feel free to, to purchase it. Feel free to enjoy it. All right. But I gave this um, example in that book. And what I explained was th this, is a con this is a consequence that comes from reality. Excuse me. And this is, this is the universe that we actually live in. If you... If in your town, a stream is your water source, and if you repeatedly put trash and put refuse and put waste in that stream, then you will not have clean water to use. That's it. That's a consequence of your action. Then nothing can change that. The stream does not care. If you are black or white, the stream does not care what your gender is. The stream does not care what your sex is. The stream does not care what your religion is. And it doesn't make any difference which place on Earth Mother O'Neillay the stream is in. The stream doesn't care what your nation is. If you continue to pollute the stream that is your water source, you will not have clean water. Now, this is the rest of reality. 
If you today decide to stop polluting your water source, in a few years, the water source can cleanse herself and you will be able to use her again. That's how reality works. That, that's reality. So yes, there are consequences to actions. And if you change your actions, then you get a different result. That's reality. Right? Okay, let me, let me give you another um, example of reality. Your body requires rest. Somebody's require more rest. Somebody's require 10 hours of rest a day. And that is normal for those bodies. If you live inside of a body that requires 10 hours of rest every day, and you only give that body six hours of rest, then that body is going to be running on fumes, so to speak. That body is going to be over-creating adrenal fluids that then is going to cause your other, um, other systems in your body to shut down. So you have an endocrine system in your body, and this endocrine system is... Um, it's, it's duty is to regulate the functions of the body. So if you are pumping out more adrenaline than you need because you're being forced to use more because you're not getting the amount of rest that this body requires, then other systems are going to have to shut down to allow that system to continue to work. Right. So that may be your thyroid. Something may begin to happen strange with your thyroid. Right. Something may begin to happen strange with your digestion. Right. Something may begin to happen strange with your lungs or your breathing or your respiratory system. Other systems are going to have to shut down so that this one system that you're depending upon has what it needs in order to keep doing what it's doing. That, that's reality. And those systems do not care what nation you live in. They don't care who the president is or the prime minister in whatever nation you live in. They don't care about any of that. They don't care about what God or goddess that you claim. They do not care about what neighborhood you live in. They don't care. Those systems don't care. That is reality. And that is what happens when you overtax that system. And it's it's always going to happen. And, you know, there are repercussions to it happening. There are physical repercussions to it happening. Um, If you want to change that, then you're going to have to change the lifestyle that requires you not to get enough rest. Okay. I'm not saying any of this and not understanding that the majority of what we see happening in the world today How people treat themselves, how we treat the earth, how we treat Earth Mother Onile and her water sources and, you know, her soil and her her plants, how we treat each other and how we treat the mother that we live on. I understand that most of that is based upon the fact that we are living under this horrible single world capitalistic economy. I understand that. So. I'm not by any means saying that it's your fault that you can't get 10 hours of sleep a day. I'm not saying that. I know it's not your fault. I live here too. We all live here together. I I live here too. Right? I'm not by any means saying that it's your fault that, you know, sewage and waste and, and trash goes into our water sources. That's not what I'm saying. I'm merely pointing out that universally there are consequences to actions. Consequences to actions are not in any way the same as punishments. That's not the same, right? If you put trash, if you, if you create a, a flowing piece of water in your sink or in your bathtub and you put something in, you put an obstacle in that flow, you can watch the water trying to find a way to go around the obstacle. That's just reality. So if you put trash in a stream, you, that trash stops up the stream. That is reality. The stream being stopped up 
and the stream being full of trash that after trash has been put in it is not a punishment that's reality right if you overwork your body then you can look and see that you're overworking your body that's it's just reality it's not a punishment it is reality it is a normal consequence to an action. So I also don't want us to confuse consequences with punishments. They're not the same. They're not the same. But in order to understand that, and in order to advocate for ourselves as human beings, in order to demand places and spaces where the things that our body needs and the things that our bodies require are normalized and are expected even. It is expected. It should be expected that a human body is allowed to rest. That should be expected. But in order to create a world where that is expected, then we have to divorce ourselves from the abusive Sky Daddy concept. We have to stop believing that we deserve punishment for natural bodily functions. We have to stop believing that it is normal for someone to react violently to you finding joy, to you finding rest, to you doing those things that you need to do. We have to stop believing that it's normal to react violently to that. We have to stop believing that it is normal to react violently when someone does something quote unquote wrong. Now, 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 now don't get me wrong on this now. I'm a black mama at the end of the day and, and in, in, in my heart. So if somebody hit you, hit them back. I ain't saying that. Don't don't go and say, well, you know, I was just to the Elosha's podcast and she said if somebody hit you that you should turn the other cheek. And you can go and listen to the podcast before this and, and you will have a deep understanding as to why I do not believe that, nor am I saying that, nor am I preaching the the other abusive sky daddy doctrine of forgiveness. That ain't what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you have a system that consistently cranks out fucked up shit then you need to repair the system right so if you have a school system that consistently cranks out children who are violent children who are not socialized to get along with other people children who cannot properly communicate children who do not know the norms of their society who cannot create a normal society in which everybody can live peacefully if you have a, a school system that's consistently cranking that out they need to understand what's fucked up in the school system that's what i mean about violently reacting to people doing something that is quote unquote wrong that's what i'm talking about right if you have specific areas specific neighborhoods where people are being pushed to consistently do violent things and where people are being pushed to consistently treat their neighbors with violence, people are being pushed to not trust their neighbors and interact with their neighbors, then we need to change the system that is creating those types of neighborhoods. That's what I mean when I say not reacting violently when people do something wrong. Violence can't be your first reaction when someone does something wrong. As human beings, we, we have to look for the root of the thing it's it's what we have to do right in order to continue to live together now i'm not saying look for the root of the thing and allow the violence to the violent person to stay in your neighborhood and continue to to hurt other people that's not what i'm saying but take the time to find the root take the time to try and change the situation that is creating that that's what i'm saying Right? Not talking about forgiveness, not talking about turning the other cheek. And I know it's a thin line. I know it's a fine line. I know it, you know, there are gonna be some people that are gonna say that contradicts what you said before, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Um reality is not black and white like that. Reality is not either or. That's not how reality is. So so we, it's gonna be several fine lines that we have to walk. But violence can't be our first reaction if we are going to live in community together.
It cannot. Violence can't be our solution to every problem. If someone does this, if someone acts like this, if someone um, um, consistently does things that are wrong, then our response has to be violence. It can't be our first response. If it comes down to it and that has to be a, a step that we take, then that is what it is. I'm not saying that it's always wrong. I'm saying that can't be our first response. I'm also saying... We have to have a major overhaul and we have to have a major rethinking of the things that we consider wrong. And I'm not going to go into a long list of them in this podcast, but most of the things that we consider wrong are based upon this same fucked up ideology, right? This same abusive sky sky daddy ideology. So we also have to have a major overhaul of what those things are. Why do we consider this thing wrong? Where is the origin of considering it wrong? Does this thing actually do harm to humanity? If if it's not doing harm to humanity, then why are we considering it wrong? If it's not doing harm to Earth Mother Onile, our host in this place, why are we considering it wrong? If it's not going to be harmful to our next seven generations, as our ancestors taught us, our indigenous American ancestors taught us, then why are we considering it wrong? We have to think about all of those things. So, my advice (laughs) is to think about those areas of your life in which you are entertaining and abusive sky daddy mentality. Um, this this podcast was was inspired by a post that I saw in a Facebook group that I'm in, and the post was created by someone who is in the throes of dealing with the challenges of their mental illness. And I'm gonna be completely honest. I think that life is 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 most of us being in the throes of dealing with the challenges of our mental illnesses right it's the kind of life that we're living right now so no judgment right this is where we all are but anyway by being um one of the some of the consequences of this person dealing with their mental illness was that they had not been able to tend to their shrines in the ways that um they had been taught were necessary And um, as the um, mental illness challenge progressed, they had become more ill and their their, um, situation had become more dire. And they were afraid to go and ask their ancestors for help because they had not been tending to the shrine. And they believed that their ancestors now were not going to help them. And had turned their backs on them. And were going to punish them. That was their belief. And so I had to say in the group. That your ancestors are not the abusive sky daddy. Right? That's, that's not who your ancestors are. You, you are their sweet precious baby. And they're waiting for you to ask them for help. That's it. Point blank period. That's not to say. That there are not normal, natural, realistic consequences to the realities of us dealing with the challenges of our mental illness. There are. Life is going to keep moving forward. So there are consequences to us dealing with that thing. And that is just what is true. That cannot be escaped, right? However, there is no punishment attached to that there are consequences but consequences are not punishment consequences are reality being real right i'm going to give one last example if you have children and you do not take the time to cultivate a relationship with your children if you do not make having a relationship with your children a priority then you will not have a relationship with your children. It's a consequence. It's a simple consequence. You did not cultivate it, so now it does not exist. That's what I mean when I say there are consequences. If it was your mental illness, 
that kept you from creating a relationship with your children, still you won't have a relationship with your children. It's not a punishment, it's a consequence. When you think of it as a consequence, it, 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 what is already implied, what is already you know, tied into that is your ability and your power, the power that you have to change the outcome. When you think of it as a consequence, you can change the outcome. This is a consequence of these actions. So if I change these actions, then I will get a different consequence. I was talking to my oldest daughter, maybe a month ago, maybe longer, who is keeping up with time in in these times that we're living in. But anyway, I was, you know, I was feeling upset about some of the things I had done as a mother, some of the things that I hadn't done, some of the things that I feel like I've done poorly, you know, and I was crying and I was upset. (laughs) And my oldest daughter, she's such a sage. She's such a magnificent woman in every way. And, you know, she held my hand. She sat there and watched me cry, whatever. And then she said, but you still our mama. (laughs) Right? still our mama we still all here and you can still choose to do something different wow the light bulb that went off in my head and so that is the difference between having consequences to your actions and having punishment for supposed wrongdoing right I can choose to do something different all of those patterns that I discussed with her that I wished I hadn't done with them and I wish I had done something different, I, I can stop those on that day. That day that I had that conversation with her. Stop doing that. And then you can get a different result. She, that's what she taught me in that moment. Right? So that is the difference. So if your mental illness keeps you from cultivating a good relationship with your children, then change something in such a way that it will allow you to cultivate that relationship and then you will have a good relationship it's it's simple it's easy and it's open and it's real it's real if the stream in your community is polluted stop putting trash in it stop putting refuse in it stop putting waste in it and Given the get you and and now there's there's time involved in this, right? Right. If you decide today that you're going to treat your children better, they are not today going to begin to trust you if you've treated them like crap up until today. But as you continue to treat them better, you will build trust and you all will have a better relationship. Same for the stream. If we take all the trash out of the stream today. And we don't put no more trash in her. The the um, minute particles of that trash are still in her. And we're going to have to give her time to clean those things out before we can use her again. Before we can drink from her. Before we can fish in her. Right? Before we can use that water for our cooking. We're going to have to give her time to get that trash out before we do that. That's just the reality. So... That is my sharing for today. That is my sharing for this episode. Let us divorce ourselves from this abusive sky daddy concept. This abusive sky daddy concept has no place in African traditional spirituality, in African traditional philosophy. This concept of violent punishment as the only method to handle when people have done wrong, has no place in our spiritual system. This concept of natural, normal bodily functions and natural, normal body reactions being sinful and bad and wrong, this has no place in our traditions, right? Okay. All right, y'all know how I do. Ecstasy, abundance, and bliss to all of those within the sound of my voice who are wishing the same for me and mine. And as always, we wish the lessons of life on those who are ignorant enough to wish us otherwise. If you need me, if you'd like to reach out to me, if you would like for me to perform divination for you, 
and divination is the um, consultation with the oracle that we do in the Anago tradition. I consult with the Marin de Logoon Oracle. And through this oracle, I can let you know who your Orisha is, who the Orisha is that rules your head. This is a Western concept. Um, the guiding principles of your life, what your taboos are in this lifetime, and any sacrifices that you need to make or offerings that you need to make in order to remove obstacles and blockages from your spiritual path. That is the first type of spiritual consultation that I offer on my website. It's called a Dilogun reading or a spiritual consultation. I also offer Idele readings. The Idele reading is a style of divination created here in the West that reveals to you who your West and Central African ancestors are, what part of West and Central Africa they come from, um, what their occupation was, what deity they worshipped, and what their trajectory was from there. Did they travel to the Caribbean? Did they travel to um, what is called Latin America, which we all know is still just the Caribbean? Where were they um, on earth before they came to be where they are now, wherever it was that you were born. And what did they do in those places? That is an Idele reading. You will also find that on my website. I also offer um, holistic health consultations for those who want to improve their health from a holistic perspective. If you have any sort of acute conditions, I do refer you to a naturopathic doctor. I do not handle conditions that doctors are supposed to handle. I also do homeschooling consultations. If you're interested in homeschooling your children, then I will consult with you and explain to you the resources that you can use to make that um, successful in your home. And all of these wonderful consultations and also the classes that I teach in Black Witchcraft are available on my website, gottobeoshun.org, G-O-T, the number two, the letter B, O-S-H-U-N dot org. All right. Reach out to me if you need me. Enjoy your weekend. And I will see you guys next week. Peace.